On today's episode of Locked On Sooners, we got hoops to talk about. We're also going to give you our first positional preview for spring ball coming up starting next week. And Baker Mayfield is in the news, but for some really interesting reasons. And Josh and I are going to talk about it all on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow Josh on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him 9 to noon with Chris Plank on 94.7 The Ref in Norman covering all things Oklahoma Sooners Athletics. And you can also now read him over at the Hawkeyes Wire. Cue the sad music. I lost my guy. It's okay. He's, he's going to do great stuff over there covering that as well. But he's going to still cover Oklahoma Sooners with us. Josh, how's it going, man? How you doing? Well, it's good. Yeah, obviously it's been sort of a crazy last couple of days with that little transition there excited about it but nothing nothing changing with me in terms of the the Oklahoma Sooners coverage I'm still still dialed in with that just not on the the Sooners wire end of the equation but man we got uh, all sorts of basketball to talk about spring football I think we could say now is officially here technically it starts next week but feels like it's here anyways I know just a week away just doesn't seem that far away anymore I, I don't know if it was just COVID or or what but the future doesn't seem that far ahead like we're just six months out from the start of football season. That, yeah. that seems crazy to me. Like the, the end of the, of the regular season seems further away from 2021 than the start of next year. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my optimistic outlook on life right now. Thank you, Brent Venables, for that. I appreciate you. Uh, but let's talk some hoops, man. We got a lot of really cool stuff happening. First of all, the women, they're going to be hosting the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament in Norman. That's really exciting news for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wondered if they had done enough to earn that number four seed and earn the opportunity to host the first couple of rounds inside the Lloyd Noble Center. Obviously, the one Big 12 tournament win over Kansas and then the loss to Baylor in the semifinals there. It didn't ding Oklahoma enough to knock them out of being a number four seed. So huge news. It really we'll see how this NCAA tournament run plays out. But at least for this moment before we tip this thing off, it, it caps what has been an incredible first season for Coach Ginny Baranchek and her team. They have had quite the resurgence here to earn this number four seed and obviously opening up versus IUPUI. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting matchup because they, they're a pretty good team coming out of the Horizon League. But it, it's, it's a group that... I feel like can score with just about anybody if they're hitting their shots right with Maddie Williams playing the forward position and Taylor Robinson, who was just nominated as a uh, honorable mention to the AP all academic or sorry, all American team. Uh, they've got scores. It's just a matter of, can they put it all together and go on a deep run in the tournament? Well, and you know, the other storyline coming out of that loss to Baylor up in the Phillips 66 big 12 women's basketball tournament was okay, Skylar Van exiting with an injury. So the status of that, how, how big of a contributor can she continue to be for Oklahoma? Because obviously you look at just the scoring for OU, 
You mentioned Maddie Williams, 18.2 points per game. Taylor Robertson, hefty load for her at 17 points per game. Obviously, her three-point shooting. You know you can count on that. 45% from three-point range. You know you've got those two top scores. But Skylar Van would be the other scorer in double figures for Oklahoma at 11.8. So you hope that she's healthy. That's obviously a big key for Oklahoma in this tournament run. Yeah, you got to have depth, especially in a, a tournament setting like this where you're going to be playing every couple nights or every couple days in the tournament. And so you got to have to recover fast and you're going to have to be able to rely on your depth to help carry you through. And on the men's side, they had a great win in the uh, opening round of the NIT. Let's hear what Porter Moser had to say. You know, they should be proud of themselves, you know, because it's a life lesson. Um, I said it the other night, um, I was gutted, but, I, but I was more gutted for them. They, their gut is there because I, I should have a lot more in my career. Players have limited numbers, so I really was heartbroken for them. Um, and then, I mean, it was, it was really tough when they walked out of here and we were literally just going, man, we gotta turn around and, and play. And uh, so we regrouped Monday, yesterday, and we just talked about it. We just talked about the life lessons of, of how you react when it doesn't go your way, you know? That's what character is. And, um, you know, if, if we go down and don't play hard and lay an egg and we don't play well, that it's just giving, you know, confirmation that the committee can say, oh, we made the right decision. And I said, let's prove them wrong. Let's prove them wrong. It seems like that was the rallying cry uh, for the last couple of days. And, and you can say it, but it's one thing to go out there and actually do it. No doubt. No doubt. And it would have been easy for Oklahoma to not come into this NIT opener against Missouri State altogether motivated. You did get your heart ripped out. You saw that you were the second team out of the NCAA tournament bracket. Technically, they were an alternate. If, if something had happened to a couple of teams, they, they would have made their way into the dance. But you were oh so close and you played so well the final couple of weeks into the Big 12 tournament to give yourself a shot. And so then to not get in, of course, it, 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 it stings you. And what was the response going to be like for Oklahoma? Well, it was clear, John, really from the word go versus Missouri State. Okay, what Porter Moser was selling about, hey, I choose to fight. I choose to try to prove the committee wrong. The team, similar to when this team, remember, had lost 11 of 13 games and the record dropped and it was 500 overall, 14 and 14 at that juncture for Oklahoma. Porter Moser was the only person sitting in there saying in the interview room to uh, anybody that would listen, hey, this team, don't count us out yet. We're not going to quit. And that was really the same case here with the, the NIT opener. It would have been easy to not be motivated for it, but it was clear from the word go that Emoji Gibson, he was out in, Tanner Groves, Jalen Hill, Jordan Goldwire, of course, was a, a double-figure scorer in that game as well. So they just – they were locked in. They wanted to win that game, and that's – Hey, in the NIT, that might be the most important thing, John. Do you want to play the tournament? Right. Yeah, well, because this is what we hear from the SEC teams all the time when they go into a bowl game that maybe wasn't the college football playoff. They talk about, oh, we really didn't care about being there. Well, it, it was clear that Oklahoma cared about being there. They got a bit of a, a tough test from Missouri State in the opening 10 minutes of that game before they kind of started to assert themselves, especially in that second half. And they were just on fire and really playing like a team that did deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. We'll see how far that they're able to go. But, I mean, you, you mentioned it. They got contributions from everybody. And when they're playing their best basketball is when that happens. Emoji Gibson is hitting his shots, but they're spreading the ball around and, and several players all up and down the roster are making contributions to this team. 
obviously it just, you know, the starting block when Mo Gibson's going to knock down five of 10 threes, you think about some of the pivotal wins this season for Oklahoma. Well, the Texas tech game at home, Mo Gibson really shot the basketball great up at Kansas state to end the regular season. Mo Gibson shot the basketball great. So when he's able to knock down five of 10 three pointers, yeah, it's probably going to wind up being a great night for Oklahoma, but yeah, it just, across the roster, up and down. I thought Oklahoma got good contributions. And you mentioned it. Missouri State had a couple of really nice players, specifically Isaiah Mosley, who, oh, by the way, matched Mo Gibson's 28 points in the game. Mosley, man, I'm telling you, this kid is a flat-out scorer. And he had it going early for Missouri State, but Oklahoma locked him up in the second half. He only had six after recess. Yeah, it's when Oklahoma's playing good defense and they're hitting their shots, they're really tough to beat. I mean, we saw them beat some of the best teams in the country in Texas Tech earlier in the season. So I think they're going to be a team that can actually go deep and they're going to have a, a tough test again against St. Bonaventure of all teams um, coming up this this Sunday. Had a little bit of a rescheduling uh, shuffling. So they're actually going to play Sunday. No time yet. Uh, for that but we'll keep you tuned in as far as when that's going to be coming up next we're going to start doing our positional previews uh, with spring football coming up right around the corner and then we're going to talk about baker mayfield after or in the third segment first i want to talk to you about stat hero march madness is here are you good at picking your teams i kind of struggle a little bit some some years i'm like already out of it by the sweet 16 it's it's terrible but stat here is pretty cool because it's an NCAA single game pick them that pits star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Use stat hero and start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. And this is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So make sure you go to Stat Hero this week and reference weekly event. Here is the game I'm going with tonight. Well, there's no games tonight, but we're going to be watching Oklahoma and St. Bonaventure. I'm really looking forward to the Big 12 matchups. I think they're going to have a chance to run deep into the tournament. But sign up now at StatHero.com slash LockedOn and use promo code Locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. And let's talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Very, very good. Love it. Eat it almost every day. The peanut butter brownie is my favorite. And the mint brownie is fantastic as well. Great for you and tastes great. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 or 5 grams of sugar, 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. It's perfect for a keto diet. Also, check out that coconut almond. If you like a, a uh, Almond Joy, that is a great uh, substitute for that where most candy bars are going to have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. But you can cut the calories, cut the sugar, and get something that tastes great at Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 over at Built.com. Hey, and thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Make sure to check out the Locked On back Bracket Breakdown right here on the Locked On Sooners podcast feed and YouTube channel, college basketball expert, experts Chris Gordy and Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. Josh, spring football. Next week, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of positions to break down, because we lost a ton of players to the transfer portal, to the NFL draft. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, every team goes 
through a certain amount of turnover every single year in college sports. It's just inevitable. But they lost 12 starters, six on both sides of the ball. And it's the defensive line that got hit the hardest of any position group, in my opinion, because you lost three or four starters, three guys who are highly productive. The guy that's coming back, Jalen Redmond, dealt with a bit of an injury situation last year, sat out 2020, but he's been a productive player for you. What's your take just overall on the Oklahoma Sooners defensive line as they head into spring ball? Well, my take would be it's not in as good of a spot going into 2022 as it was going into 2021. That's because of the defections that you're referencing there. Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, and Perry on Winfrey. That's a lot to replace. Now, that's the forecast going in. We'll see about the transfer portal additions, one of which, obviously, in Jeffrey Johnson, every, everybody got a firsthand look at when Tulane came here to open the season last year. He's someone that has production at the college level. Same with Hawaii transfer Jonah Laula. We'll see, though, those two guys, how they mix in, how ready they are to genuinely contribute on a Power 5 level, I think is a, a big question mark for Oklahoma. Jalen Redmond, you think about him. Ton of production over the course of his career, sacks, tackles for loss, all of those sorts of things. His career, though, has been kind of riddled by absences, injuries at times, and then, of course, the, the COVID year he, he sat out, which, of course, everybody totally understood the precautionary measures there. So I guess my question with Jalen Redmond would be, what does he look like now minus Nick Benito, minus some of these other pass rushers that have been alongside him in the past? I think Oklahoma's got a, a star in, waiting in the wings there in Jalen Redmond, but he definitely needs those two transfer additions to catch on. And then some of the young guys, right? I mean, you start thinking about Stripling and just up and down this roster, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes. I mean, there's a number of guys along that defensive line, John, that it's, hey, green light's here. It's time to hit the gas button. It's go time. Yeah, and you talk about Jalen Redmond. As far as any Sooner is concerned, there might not be a player on the defensive side of the football that's carrying as much weight as he is and expectations as he is. When you lose three guys that are all going to be drafted and you're the one left that's starting, and I mean, and you led the, the team in sacks in 2019, the expectations are going to be high for him, and it's going to be really interesting to see how well he carries that. You mentioned Jeffrey Johnson. He's a guy that I'm really, really excited about because he's a legitimate nose tackle that the Oklahoma Sooners really haven't had. Like they've played guys at nose tackle, you know, Neville Gallimore, Perion Winfrey. Perion Winfrey talked about it uh, at the Pro Day uh, presser. He said, like, I never played zero technique, meaning right over the center. I didn't play that in high school, but that's something that they wanted me to do here. Teams in the NFL, they're going to have me back at a natural three tech or, you know, strong defensive end in the NFL, which is what he's more naturally suited to do. Get up the field and rush the passer as opposed to taking on double teams and trying to, you know, eat up blocks. And so having a legitimate nose tackle, which is a, a, a staple of a Brent Venables defensive front, they're going to have a guy who is a 330, 340-pound dude that can eat up space to allow the rest of the defense to get penetration, get in the backfield after the running back or after the quarterback. And so I'm really, really excited about Jeffrey Johnson. Just his presence alone is going gonna, is gonna to create a lot of nice situations for the rest of these guys. And you mentioned Reggie Grimes. Marcus Stripling, Ethan Downs, Clayton Smith. They've got a really nice rotation of young guys who are ready to prove themselves with a, a great opportunity ahead of them. I mean, these guys sat behind Nick Bonito and Ronnie Perkins and 
Isaiah Thomas for a couple years now, and now it's their opportunity. It's their chance to shine. And we saw in the bowl game just what they could do when they got a full opportunity. And for me, the guy that I think is going to step up, and you can you know tell me who you think is going to be the, the person that really steps up and takes advantage of it, it's Marcus Stripling because he was the guy that was the most productive when given that opportunity against a pretty good Oregon offensive line. Yeah, no, obviously the Valero Alamo Bowl for Marcus Stripling was was huge in, in a good telltale sign that bright things are on the horizon for him. Again, just got to see that production come the spring and then obviously into the fall. I, another guy, Isaiah Coe, I think uh, has done some nice things at times for Oklahoma. He'll be asked to step into a bigger role. And then you start thinking about some of the late wins in this 2022 signing class for Oklahoma. What about Grayson Halton, Cavante Henry, Alton Tarber? Are those guys that can step right in and help Oklahoma straight away? We'll see. Yeah, I think they they added some guys that are going to have an opportunity to push for some snaps in in the at the very least in a UTEP game. You know, like they may not get snaps in the Red River Showdown, but they might be able to push for some snaps in some other games. If if some games get to blowout situations, they might be able to get on the field. Uh, you, you mentioned Isaiah Coe. Jordan Kelly is another defensive tackle that showed some really good things in a limited uh, opportunity last year. I like where we're headed, even if there is some question about who's going to end up starting alongside Jalen Redmond. And I assume Jeffrey Johnson will be the other defensive tackle starter in a Brent Venables defense. That's been really good over the last decade. One of the best in the country. I think there's a lot still to be optimistic about, even if you've lost three guys that are going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL. Another name we haven't mentioned that obviously has seen playing time at Oklahoma is Josh Ellison on the inside so he's somebody that will factor in as well the the top two there with Jalen Redmond and Jeffrey Johnson feel pretty good about it's filling in that depth and not having any any sort of drop off if and when those guys aren't out there for Oklahoma and then the outside of that defense I love love what I saw from Marcus Stripling but look you know Nick Benito's somebody that did that over the course of 13 games you could count on that Ronnie Perkins when he was, you know, obviously not suspended and was available, he was a consistent pass rusher for Oklahoma. So those are kind of the, the questions that I have. Is Stripling or maybe Clayton Smith, whoever that guy may be, Ethan Dance, whoever on the outside, can you find two of those guys outside that are ready to week in, week out, be consistent pass rushers? Because really you think about Oklahoma – and Oklahoma's had one of those guys every single season. So you feel pretty good about it. But again, there's there's definitely, like a lot of the spots on this Oklahoma roster, it would be fair to have a couple of questions. Yeah, and going into spring, like the defensive front is probably the place that has the most at the moment. You know, I think, and we'll talk about linebacker and defensive back at some point too. But to me, it's the one that because of what you lost um, – it's the one that's going to have the most questions until we see these guys on the field. And we start hearing reports of what it looks like in, in spring ball. But the addition of Todd Bates, I think provides a lot of optimism about what this defensive front can be because he's been regarded as one of the best defensive line coaches or defensive tackle coaches uh, in college football for quite some time now. And so a lot to be excited about still some questions. We will see how it plays out, but I think, Overall, we're feeling pretty optimistic, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I again, Jalen Redmond, I, I bring up some of those questions just because, look, I, I think you kind of have to, right? Playing mm-hmm. alongside the Benitos of the world or Perry on Winfrey and Ronnie Perkins before that. Okay, well, now, you know, snap in and snap out. You're probably going to be somebody that's, if there's double teams out there, you're going to be getting that double team. So how do you handle that? I think Oklahoma's got a star, though in Jalen Redmond. If I wasn't clear enough about that, I think Jalen Redmond is a star on the defensive line to start out with. And then it's about just kind of feeling in those other pieces and making sure that you do have consistent performers. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, like I said, I'm excited about it. It's, it's one of the fun things about having some of that turnover is you get to just sit and, and watch and see who's going to be the guy that steps up and develops into that next great pass rusher. Because like you said, we've had them for seemingly the last half decade, even under Mike Stoops, we had a guy like Obo Okoronkwo, who is just lethal off the edge. Uh, coming up next, let's talk about Baker Mayfield's situation. He's finding himself in the news again. It's NFL free agency time, which also leads to NFL trade time. And his name has popped up in connection with uh, some some trade rumors. But um, let's, let's talk about that after the, I talk to you about Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Why? Again, don't go stand in line at a storefront auto parts store, have them asking you questions about the make and the model, and you're not sure, and you have to go out and look at it just to make sure that you've you're actually driving a, a, a four-cylinder versus a six-cylinder, guilty. Uh, go to rockauto.com. You can do it from the comfort of your own home, from your living room, from you know your bed. If you're looking for a specific part, they'll have everything you need at rockauto.com. So go check it out. Make sure you tell them that we're locked on, sent you, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And again, we're talking March Madness. We're getting started, kicking off this week. Make sure you go to runyourpool.com to figure out where to run your pool. If you're running a bracket and you're not sure where to get started, if you haven't chosen a place, go to Run Your Pool. We can get you in using Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off of a custom pool. You can also log in at runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize of up to $1,800. And you can compete against us over here at the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be in there as well. So go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and check it out. Create your own pool for friends and family and get in, get your work, your coworkers in on a last second uh, NCAA bracket over at runyourpool.com. All right, Josh, Baker Mayfield was in the news yesterday. Kind of rumors started surfacing that the Cleveland Browns were at least meeting with Deshaun Watson, the troubled uh, Houston Texans quarterback who's under a civil suit at the moment, uh, the grand jury in the criminal case opted not to um, pursue uh, a court hearing on his uh, sexual assault allegations, but he still has quite a few civil cases uh, that are being worked on. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the good legal jargon, but they're still um, in up in the air. But NFL teams are out there pursuing Deshaun Watson or at least meeting with him to determine whether or not they want to trade for him. I've heard the Atlanta Falcons. I've heard um, New Orleans Saints are, are heavy in this as well. Carolina. Uh, Cle- yeah, Carolina. That's another one. The Cleveland Browns um, got in there as well. And, and Baker Mayfield kind of, I don't know, he, he 
maybe he just took it a little bit more personally because he got out there on social media and released a statement basically saying, Hey, whatever happens, just know that I gave it my all wherever I go next. I'm going to give it my all just in, in true Baker Mayfield fashion. And what's, what's interesting about this. And you saw a lot of the support from Cleveland Browns fans and Oklahoma Sooners fans on social media. This is a guy that came into arguably one of the worst organizations in the NFL over the last two decades had a bit of a struggle as a team the first two years, but then got them into the playoffs in the third year, helped them beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is something they've never done in the playoffs. And he won a playoff game. And at the same time, there's, it seems like the Cleveland Browns organization just isn't completely content with where they stand with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no, definitely not totally enamored with Baker Mayfield. Unfortunately, I think Baker did himself a, if he wanted to stay in Cleveland, if he wanted to stay in Cleveland, he did himself a big time disservice by being tough, by choosing to play the remainder of the season after he hurt his shoulder. Obviously, he fell out of graces with the way that this season turned out with Cleveland. And for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if it's because of what we hear from the ESPN talking heads, but there's this prevailing thought that the Cleveland Browns have arguably the best roster in the National Football League. As I've said a bunch of times, maybe they've got one of the best rosters in the National Football League. But if that's the case, then go out and be one of the top teams in the AFC, win the AFC North, and be a legitimate contender to win the AFC Championship. We haven't really seen that yet with the Cleveland Browns. They feel like they're a quarterback away, right? And Deshaun Watson, he's got, of course, all sorts of issues. There's the, the PR hit with bringing him on board. You don't know if there's going to be some, some sort of punishment from the National Football League, even if nothing comes from the civil cases that are up against Watson, there, there could be a punishment from the National Football League. With that being said, the upside of Deshaun Watson playing quarterback, I can understand where the Cleveland Browns feel like, okay, the, the upside with Deshaun Watson playing quarterback is a little bit higher than it is with Baker Mayfield. I feel, I feel bad for Baker, though, in this respect. You're right in saying this was a franchise that was 1-31 before he was drafted number one overall. I mean, John, they had a season where they didn't win an NFL game. Didn't win, mm -hmm. didn't win one. Then the next year, they, they win just the lone game. And Baker Mayfield, like him, love him, hate him, whatever you want to say about him, the way that Baker goes about his business, it did infect Cleveland in a positive way and has turned that into an organization that did have a winning culture, did go to the playoffs, did beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now, again – Maybe they're too high and mighty in Cleveland, but now he's imbued that, that, that winning culture in Cleveland in the belief that, hey, they should be contending in the AFC. So it's an interesting situation. Do you think that Baker was wrong in putting out the statement? Because I come away from that and say, okay, well, now the relationship can't be fixed. You know, I think it's more just say, hey, I haven't really said anything the last couple months. There's a lot that's been said about me. I've kind of stayed quiet. But I feel like now I have to say something now that my name's in there. And to me, it seems like a guy that he wants to be in Cleveland. And it's really up to the, I mean, obviously everything's up to the front office, but like he's, he's also not going to just sit there and like beg them to keep him either. Like he knows that he'll be used somewhere. I mean, there's already talks about maybe Indianapolis would be a good landing spot for, for Baker, which I think that would be a great spot for him. 
But I mean, this is a guy that has no quit in him. We saw it last year. I mean, he he should have sat out more games than he did to allow his labrum to heal. Yes, it was his non-throwing shoulder. It doesn't matter. That affects everything. Like that that part of your shoulder. I've I've like had pinched nerves in my shoulder. If I can't like just because it's my right shoulder doesn't mean I can't like move everything else just as I normally can. It affects everything because it's part of that core, like your shoulders, your chest, your back, your abs. It's all part of the core and it affects everything else. And so, yeah, he, he kind of did himself a disservice playing through last year. I feel like that should have gotten him some brownie points from the front office. Just some like, Hey, thanks for, you know, you know, toughing it out for us. But they, they didn't really take it that way. They just, they just saw the performance didn't really put a lot of context into it and then made a decision about who he is as a quarterback. And if anything has, has, if NFL has shown us anything, it's like a rookie contract or even the first four years of a rookie contract isn't always the best indicator of what a player is going to be for their career. I mean, we've seen players have up and ups and downs all the time. And then finally like hit their stride in their mid to late twenties. And that's when they really start to figure out the quarterback position. A lot of times it's that second quarter, that second contract. But in this NFL, we have to win now. Our window is two to three years. There's just not a lot of patience for just kind of waiting on a quarterback. And and rightfully so, with the big money that's going out to quarterbacks now, teams are being much more diligent about where they're spending, how they're spending that money on quarterbacks. But, I mean, we just saw Carson Wentz got, get traded for two years in a row. I don't think anybody's like sitting there saying Carson Wentz is definitely a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, he's going to get a job somewhere. He's proven that he can be successful, especially in an offense similar to Kevin Stefanski's. Like if he goes to Indianapolis, that's a very play action, heavy offense as well. I think he'd thrive there. It's going to be really fascinating to watch. I think that anything can be repaired. You know, the, the Kyler Murray situation with the Arizona Cardinals, that looked like it was fractured, you know, just several weeks ago. That appears to be healing. Money always makes things better. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield's under contract for the 2022 season, and then he's a free agent. So it, it just remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But I think that they need to work something out because he's the perfect fit for Cleveland. He's a guy that doesn't care about where what the organization's been in the past. He's like, no, we're, we're going to do things – differently and we're going to move forward and we're going to win we're going to shut you know shuck off all those labels you know the walk-on quarterback the couldn't make it at texas tech we're going to you know just dust all that stuff off our shoulder and go play football and there's something to be said for the attitude that he has that never quits and i think a lot of i think the reason that cleveland fans are so behind him is because it just represents a lot of the attitude, the culture that comes out of that city. Like I've never been to Cleveland, don't know anybody from Cleveland, but the thing that you hear about is just hardworking, tough-nosed, minded people. It's a lot like Oklahoma in in that respect, or at least I think the way that a lot of Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Oklahomans in general feel. He does share some of those values. Ultimately, it's about winning football games, right? And it's about trying to track down a Lombardi trophy. And it just seems like the leadership that is there in place now in Cleveland, Stefanski, everybody in Cleveland, just not head over heels with Baker Mayfield anymore. And if they can swing for the fences and get to Sean Watson, they're going to do it. And they're going to deal Baker Mayfield 
in the process. We'll see. You're right. You, you think about some of these situations where it looked too far gone. And look, I get it. Baker Mayfield is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to say that. But we're coming off a couple of years in a row where it seemed like things were done so done with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And lo and behold, all of a sudden now he's got a long-term deal. He's got that financial security. He's got the long-term security as well. So if Cleveland, that's the only way to fix it, in my opinion. If Baker's coming back on this final year, the fifth year of this uh, initial contract, and the thought process is, hey, we want you to perform to a certain standard in order for us to commit that long-term deal, I think he demands a trade and wants out tomorrow. It's, it's either they commit to him long-term or this thing is done. Uh, yeah, maybe. And I could, I could see that. I could also see him going kind of the Dak Prescott route and just being like, I'll play out my contract, force you to franchise tag me next year, and I either make 30-something million guaranteed in 2023 or we find a long-term deal that's actually going to help your cap situation out. A little bit more but that man I, that, I love this time of year i love the nfl free agency and i love the salary cap stuff that's kind of one of the things i miss now only covering uh college sports full-time is i miss talking salary cap situations because this stuff is always fascinating to me in the contracts and uh, yes i'm a nerd a little bit on that but it's going to be interesting to watch and see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks because i feel like there will be some resolution whether it's baker mayfield's traded or Hey, Baker Mayfield's our guy, and we'll get something to that effect in the next couple of weeks because these quarterback situations are, are going to settle in because they don't want to go into the draft without a, a, an answer at quarterback and that the draft is six weeks away. So I feel like we'll get an answer on those. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Josh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you one final question. April yeah. 23rd, Baker Mayfield, Heisman Park statue gets unveiled. Yeah. Is he still on the Cleveland Browns roster? I say no. I'll say yes. I mean, we'll have a little friendly bet on that, and I don't know what the, the terms of the bet will be, but we'll have to, we'll have to say. I, I want to say yes. I just think it's, it's difficult to walk away from a quarterback situation like that. Um, and if Deshaun Watson is your answer to that quarterback change, to me, you don't have an answer. I, I feel like that's a terrible decision uh, for any team that's looking at it's similar to the the um, the Art Bryles situation, right? Like Art Bryles had several years away from the game. Uh, Grambling tried to bring him in, and within a week he was gone. Um, I think while all these teams are, are looking at bringing in Deshaun Watson, I feel like they're going to take massive PR hits, and I don't know if winning football games is going to be enough to, to overcome that. So I think it it looks like Cleveland is out. On that, it looks like it's Atlanta, New Orleans, and still maybe Carolina that's that's kind of heavily involved in that pursuit. Um, and and so I don't know if Cleveland will say we'll try to find a quarterback situation elsewhere because I don't think there's anybody else that they could trade for that is head and shoulders better than Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I'm say Baker in, unless you just swap straight up Derek Carr and <laughs> Baker Mayfield, that's the only thing that would make any sort of sense in that respect. If you're not getting yeah. John Watson. Yeah, and maybe. I mean, and and Derek Carr had a great year last year, and so he's – I don't see why Las Vegas would want to move on from him. But this is not Locked On NFL. You can tune into Locked On NFL every day on YouTube as well. But this is Locked On Sooners. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. We'll continue to follow Baker Mayfield because that's our guy, man. That's our dog. We're going we're gonna to be pulling for him no matter where he goes. And we're excited to see his statue go up in Heisman Park. Yes, Oklahoma has a park 
dedicated to all their Heisman Trophy winners. And Baker Mayfield's coming up. Kyler Murray will be down the road. And maybe Dylan Gabriel might be getting added to that list at someday. Long shot. He's like plus 3,300 on bet online's odds, which hey, if you're a gambling man, that's that's good. That's a good risk to take. So, uh, Josh, anything else you want to add on today's episode? No, I think we've covered the gambit. I can't wait to break down some wide receivers, linebackers, offensive line, secondary, I think is is very interesting heading into this spring for OU. So we got all of that and more coming up in the next few editions of Locked On Sooners. Yep. So make sure you're tuned in wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Listen to him in Norman 94.7 and in Oklahoma City 1400. You can also hear him on the Sports Talk radio app. Wherever you get your apps, Google Play or the App Store, you can read my work over at the Sooners Wire covering Oklahoma Sooners athletics. And until next time, he's Josh. I'm John. Boomer. Sooner.